Today's episode of The Republican Football is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of The Republican Football. I'm your host, Jahan Jayaraja. I'm the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all my work on TexasFootball.com. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. And we got a special guest today. We got no, you don't. Okay, we got a regular guest today. We have a normal guest today. We have our normal guest today, Greg Tepper. Greg Tepper, the managing editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Shehan. I'm, I'm I'm pleased to be on the top-rated podcast on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network, and I'm not at all bitter that it's not my podcast, Texas Football Today. Don't worry, no. I don't well, know why you get that that idea. Well, you know, I mean, if you if you're into like football in the state of Texas, I guess you should listen to Texas Football today. Thank you. But that's not where we are today. So today we're in uh, your world. <laughs> we're in my world. It's yeah. I'm in charge. But anyway, uh, you know, we're gonna have to pull things back a little bit. Uh, it's kind of a sad story going on right now mm-hmm. in college football. Um, so at TCU. Uh, Wide receiver Kevontae Turpin, one of the most electric players to really come through that program in many, many years. Uh, he was arrested on Sunday. Then it came out that he was arrested earlier as well, both for charges uh, issuing from domestic violence. One was assault of a family member. That was the charge on Saturday. The charge before was battery of a family member. Uh, that was in an incident in New Mexico when he visited his girlfriend over spring break. It's really just sad to see because... Kevonte has been such an electric playmaker and was so beloved at TCU, but again, his TCU career is now officially over. Uh, he uh, He's actually leading the country in punt returns, um, and this is a guy who, uh, yeah, he, he was a game-breaker for TCU, but obviously there was some sort of disconnect with TCU, and, and I, I wonder if we're going to find exactly where that disconnect was, because... This is a guy that you, I know you were on the phone on Monday yeah. calling to New Mexico to a magistrate court to, to figure out, hey, is it, you know, does this guy have this, this you know, record in New Mexico? And you ended up finding out that there is a bench warrant out for his arrest an in New Mexico. Warrant. An yeah. active warrant out for his arrest. And so someone in the TCU program didn't do their due diligence. And that, you know... Because the the bottom line is, as good as you you know, as good as he was, he shouldn't have been on the team, in my opinion. If he was, if he was, if he had a domestic violence charge against him, right? Previously, furthermore, to have another one would have definitely been the final nail in the coffin. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a it's an unfortunate story, and it's I I want to know more. I want to know more. I want to find out exactly where the disconnect was with TCU. Uh, I would love to give them the, the benefit of the doubt and say that they didn't know that it was that that this was happening. But I need to I need some proof of that. I need some you know I need some some proof of that because other, because the the cynic in me who has seen too many of these terrible stories come out of college football and even in the in the state of in, in Texas in college football, um, the cynic in me believes that, you know, doesn't want to believe or rather, is is forced to reckon with the idea that they did know that this was that this was out there and that they took him on anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> as as you know, I mean, I covered Baylor back in 2016. Yeah. I'm a little too familiar with these situations, right? And the reality is, and we have to hope to a certain extent, right, that it was administrative incompetence. Mm-hmm. But you know, on on Tuesday, 
uh, Gary Patterson got up to the podium for his weekly press conference and he waved around this sheet of paper and was like, here's the info, this is what we had. Come to find out that it wasn't from the courts at all. You know, and, and the idea that a player of yours was arrested in New Mexico when you knew that he, you were visit, he was visiting his girlfriend, which they did know, mm-hmm. and that he was arrested because he destroyed her property to the point where the police were called. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, and, and that's independent because what they had told us is that they didn't know about the battery charge, that the records that they had gotten were only the, the destruction of property charge. Right. And let's, let's take them at their word for a second. Mm-hmm. The idea that you... Don't follow up with the court. Because, again, they, they even said, Cavante Turpin did not tell us this information. We heard it from someone else and then confronted Cavante about it. Mm-hmm. So Cavante has already proven at this point, you know, in March, that he's not telling you what he needs to tell you. The idea that you don't follow up is a little bit hard to reckon with, in my opinion. I agree. And, um, again, the hope, and unfortunately this has to be the hope, is that it was incompetence mm-hmm. and not malice. Yeah. But... Again, the, the tough thing to think about, too, is that apparently Kevonte and this girlfriend have been dating for five years. So this isn't somebody that he just came across. Yeah. And this was the same person, apparently, according to Gary Patterson. Talk about a bad week for TCU. I mean, yeah. the, the, loss to, the loss to Oklahoma, uh, Sean Robinson's out for the year. Uh, and you know, and there was another there was another injury, if I remember correctly. That was they, they're just decimated. They're decimated by injuries. Yeah, yeah. And right that, now they yeah. look like they're going to basically be starting only one of their opening day starters in the secondary. And now, and now this obviously this is on a different level of, of, of football of issues, but still a, a a a bad story and a bad week there for the frogs. But Cavante uh, Turpin, you know, I'm I'll say this: I'm glad that they kicked him off the team. Yeah, I'm glad they said, all right, that's it, like yeah. you're done. They they didn't throw out the oh well we're still investigating or anything like that. Right. They they took the action that in my opinion they should have and they should be credited for that. My question is when did they know? And yeah. and that's something that I'm sure will come out. I'm sure other people will be digging on that. As yeah, well. and and I do want to be clear. You know, I mean, I, Gary Patterson, at least to our eyes, mm-hmm. has a track record of doing the right thing in these situations. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he kicked off Devonte Fields, who was the preseason Big Twelve Player of the Year. Uh, he's kicked off other players who aren't as good as, or are as good, if not better, than Kevontae Turpin. Mm -hmm. So it at least appears that they have at least some interest in doing the right thing. But at the same time, you know, the the thing that you always have to talk about is these are the situations that we know about. Yeah. You know, these are the situations where, oh, we know that Kevontae Turpin was arrested on Sunday because it happened in Fort Worth. We know that Devontae Fields, we know his whole situation. And so the reality is... Again, we didn't know about this March incident, and Gary Patterson said himself that even for the destruction of property arrest, he was not punished in any way. Mm-hmm. So, again, you you want to take people at their word, mm-hmm. but uh, but again, I, I covered a program very recently that proved that you, in college football you can't do that. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a sad story. It's a sad sad story. Definitely. Well, in completely, completely different tenor. Let's put a very big divider yes. right now. Yes. This, is your, this is your audio divider. We are now going to talk about fun things. The things we were talking about before was not fun. No. Well, uh, so Texas football today is off for much of this week. <clears throat> yeah. So I think, that, uh, I think that you should do the honors, though, and, and let people know what segment it is. Well, hey, listen. Maybe watch out for the mic. Watch I will. I will. I'll lean back and I'll pull the mic away from me. Because it's time for free money! <laughs> free money, our weekly segment, usually on Text Football Today. <clears throat> so if you enjoy this segment, please make sure and check it out on Text Football Today. It, it streams every single day of the, the weekday on Facebook.com uh, on our Dave Campbell's 
Facebook page uh, at noon. I got everything right there? You got everything. You nailed it. All right. You're hired. (laughs) Well, thank you. Uh, Usually we do it every Thursday, but you know what? We figured since the, the show is off this week, might as well do it now. Let's do it. I'm into it. Yeah, Max is Max. Is, our producer, Max Thompson, is off um, in uh, doing vacationing with his wife, and so uh, I need my uh, I need an avenue uh, by which to offer my terrible college football picks, and so I'm, I'm glad that I, I, you've given me this opportunity. And, and let's just be clear, you know, in case Max is listening, which he absolutely is not. Uh, he's on vacation before he goes on vacation. Just yeah, he's on double vacation. Double vacation. He went to Boston, and then he's going to Big Ben. So it's um, it's quite a it's quite a kind of one two. Especially you know, it's not like there's anything going on in football these days. Uh, no, 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 absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and get started. First up, we have a Thursday game, a weird Thursday game. Baylor versus number thirteen West Virginia, six p.m. Thursday on FS1. Six p.m. kick. What are we doing here? I have no idea. Baylor's a 13-and-a-half-point underdog heading into this game in Morgantown, a place that they've never won before. This, this strikes me as, the kind of, uh, as a bit of a Rorschach test for what you think of West Virginia. That if you think that West Virginia is a lot more like the team that coughed it up against Iowa State than they are the team that drubbed Tennessee or the team that, you know, that went to Texas Tech and handed uh, Tech a loss, um, if you think that they are much more like the team against Iowa State, then you like Baylor in this one. Um, but I, I personally think that West Virginia is still really good. Um, I think that Will Greer is probably, because of Kyler Murray, he's probably getting overshadowed. But besides that, he's probably the second best quarterback in the in the conference. Uh, they have not been able to run the ball, which is a bit of a concern. But the um, the the bigger the bigger issue for them has been um, has been defensively. Um, defensively, they've they've just been. You know, especially against the run, they've been kind of kind of average. Can Baylor on the road take advantage of that? What concerns me about this game from Baylor's perspective is that West Virginia is coming off a bye, so they've got their head right. I know Baylor is as well, but um, I don't know. This is a tough one to call. I th- I think West Virginia is going to win this game. Yeah. But asking them to win by more than two touchdowns is certainly asking a lot. And Baylor's been playing better of late. Um, I think they keep it close enough. I think it's probably about a 10-point game. I think I'm going to take Baylor in the points. Baylor plus 14 and a half. My issue with this game, heading in for Baylor, is they've just struggled so much against the big play. Mm-hmm. And West Virginia is one of the best in the country at the big play because they have so many good receivers. Now, the one thing that I will say is that a lot of the big plays that Baylor's given up have been in the run game, not necessarily in the mm-hmm. pass game. Uh, so that's at least one avenue for hope. But I just think that after the bye week, after what happened against Iowa State, and we'll get to Iowa State in a second, but I kind of think that they're just one of those teams. They're kind of like how Kansas State used to be, right? Yeah. Where they just come in and they just muck up everything that you were planning to do. And now I think they're a little bit more fun to watch than Kansas State maybe ever was. Yes. But, uh, but you know, they just come in and they cause a lot of issues. They sacked Wilger seven times, and on top of that, they don't really rush a whole lot of guys. Or there's not a whole lot of blitz. They really run a lot of three-man fronts. I don't think Baylor can bring that kind of pressure against Will Greer is the big issue. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I don't even necessarily know that they're going to be able to win consistently in the run game uh, up front. True. You know? and, and so I just think that West Virginia is too explosive, and, and that's where Baylor struggled defensively. So I think that Baylor is not going to be able to cover. I think that West Virginia does cover. I don't think it's much more than 14, but I think that it is more than 14. Okay. That's fair. What's next, Shahan? Moving on, Texas Tech going to Iowa State, those Cyclones that we talked about 
11 a.m. on ESPN2. And 11 a.m. kick. Oh, God. Oh, man. 11 o'clock in Ames. Oh, man. <laughs> Tech is a three-and-a-half-point underdog heading into this game. Yeah, which is surprising to me. And, and look, take nothing away from Iowa State. I think Iowa State is pretty good. I think they're one, like when you took, take a look at you know, a three-and-three three and three Iowa State team, the losses are to Iowa, which is always a weird game. Right. Um, Oklahoma, best team in the conference. And, and they gave them a fight. Yeah, and at TCU. But they've also got a signature win. They went to Oklahoma State and won, and they beat West Virginia. Yeah. I mean, they're on a roll right now. Um, they're also coming off of a bye. And they are, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty decent at home. I mean, they gave Oklahoma a run at home. They beat West Virginia at home. Um, the, thing, the thing for me that's going, that, that, that stands out is that this defense uh, against the pass is pretty good. It's pretty good. That said, I think the Texas Tech, I, I, I don't think this offense is much, much to write home about, especially running the ball, um, which has kind of been a bit of a bear for, t- for Texas Tech uh, lately. I think Tech, I don't know if Tech wins this game, but I feel like this game is going to be close. And in a close game like this, I feel like you give the benefit of the doubt to the team catching the points. So what was it, three and a half? Three and a half. I'm going to take Tech plus three and a half. I think that they, I think they covered that. Yeah, yeah. Iowa State is playing really well right now, and they, mm-hmm. they've kind of thrown a wrench into the whole Big 12 this year because, you know, you talk about that Oklahoma game, you talk about that TCU game. That TCU game, they should have won that game. Yes. They really should have won that game. They, they end up losing by three, uh, and that's with Zeb Nolan, that quarterback, and he averaged 2.8 yards per pass attempt in that game. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy would not have done that. Right. Now, I... Now, it's still, I think, a little too early to write home too, too much about Brock Purdy, but I think that he's a really good player. Now, Texas Tech, what they do well defensively is they force a lot of turnovers mm-hmm. and they get you off the field. Mm-hmm. And what West Virginia struggled to do last week was to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. I also don't know how comfortable I feel with Texas Tech to win this game, but I think that they're the better team right now. I agree with that. I don't know if it's by a lot, but I think they're the better team. And if you're going to give me a field goal difference... Yeah. I think I'm going to take the points. I agree. That's kind of where my head's at on this one as well. I feel like this is a team that, that in the in the end, in a close game like that, why not just take the points? Yeah. And so I'm going to take the points there. Yeah. Well, it's a must-watch game though. You, oh you, yeah, for you sure. Gotta, you got to watch this game. It's also the only 11 a.m. game kicking off in Texas or involving Texas teams. So you've no it excuse. It is. It is. Next up, though, we got TCU going to Kansas, 2 p.m. on FS1. TCU, 13 and a half point favorites. They've struggled in recent years playing against Kansas for whatever reason. What do you think this year? I mean, this is a game that has so little, like, there's almost no statistical analysis you can put on this game. <laughs> Absolutely not. That, like, look, TCU is the far better team in this game. Right. Far better. But there are so many mitigating circumstances in this game. Not only the mental aspect of everything. Sure. Not only the fact that they are now officially changing quarterbacks to Michael Collins. Now, Michael Collins looked pretty good yeah. when he came in for, you know, for spurts there uh, against, uh, against Oklahoma. Um, you have that. You also have the whole Cavante Turpin thing. Uh, it's 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 on the road. There's a lot going against this game. This is this is to me a true test of Gary Met- Gary Patterson's metal, because if he can he if he can just get this team his team up for this game, they're gonna roll and they should go in and they should win by 28 is what they should do. I do think they win. I'm giving. I think Gary Patterson's the difference in this one. I think he's able to rally his team. I think they cover this. I think I, I'm going to take um, Kansas or rather TCU minus 13 and a half, even on the road. I just think that if they are a focused team, they roll in this game, and I think Gary Patterson will have them focused. Yeah, there's a lot of reason 
for guys to rally in this game, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, because you do lose Turpin. So you're going to have a lot of guys who maybe weren't getting the touches. They're going to have opportunities now, and they better convert on those. Mm-hmm. Tay Barber is the first guy that comes to mind for me. I think he's going to be the new kind of secondary guy next to, of course, Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that's going to change is, well, let me, let me give a, a stat first. Kansas ranks number one in the Big 12 in turnovers forced. So if Sean Robinson was going into yeah. this game, that could turn into a bad situation. I think that Collins is still trying to figure out the speed of the game and still trying to figure out what he can get away with, but I don't think he's going to turn over the ball very much. Um, and, and the stat to me, in this Oklahoma game, again, he, he his numbers finished out being kind of eh. Before he hurt his hand, because he kind of skinned his hand on, on the side. Yeah, I noticed. Thanks for that, Fox. Was it on, that game was on Fox, right? Was it Fox? I can't remember. Because they kept showing that over and <laughs> over and over. Yeah. Oh, it was disgusting. It was bad. And so he, he basically just peeled the skin off of his hand. Uh, before that, he was 5 for 6 for two touchdowns and 99 yards. After that, he was 2 for 11. So it with an interception, of course. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to come in. He's, I think he's going to be focused. I think this is his first collegiate start. I don't think he ever started the game at Penn because he was playing behind a, an all-Ivy League quarterback. Mm-hmm. So this is his first ever start. He's going to be playing with Jalen Rager, who's really good. And he's going to have a running game that I think is going to be able to get it moving against Kansas. And on the other end, Kansas' offense got absolutely shut down last week yeah. by Texas Tech. And even with the injuries, I still think that TCU... That's something that it, I think is, yeah. is underrated, is, yeah. that, is that for all we talk about the quarterback situation and all the influx in yeah. offense, and yeah. even with the injuries on defense... This is still a really good TCU right, defense. Right, And, like, I mean, again, they gave up 52 points last week to uh, to Oklahoma, but guess what? Oklahoma's pretty dang good. Yeah. <laughs> pretty dang Kansas good. Kansas ain't Oklahoma. Back, so, guys. yeah, I, I think that they are able to cover. I, I think that they're just focused enough because, again, there's so much turmoil surrounding the team. I think that oftentimes when there's turmoil, the first game afterwards you stay focused. It's mm-hmm. after that that you have to worry a little I bit I agree more. with that. Moving on, SMU versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati actually lost last week, so they're no longer ranked. 2.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. SMU is a 10-point underdog. Yeah, so the question is, are you buying kind of the SMU surge? That, yeah. you know, are you, are you buying what SMU is, is, is selling right now? Which is that they have, um, that, that Ben Hicks has found his way. He's quit turning the ball over as much, although he still turns the ball over egregiously. Still threw a pick six. Still threw a pick six. Um, and more importantly, perhaps, are you buying that this defense has figured something out? Because their defense uh, was really good last week yeah. against, against Tulane. And so that's kind of the question that you're buying. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Cincinnati, um, this is a Cincinnati team that was, undefe- that was undefeated before they lost to Temple last week, and that was, a, that was a bad, bad game. But this is a team that they win with defense. This defense is out of control. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah. And, um, you know, furthermore, the other thing for me is that they, they, they force turnovers. Yes. They force turnovers. And that is something that I think is, is problematic for, T, for SMU. Um, I think Cincinnati comes out angry. I think they probably cover the 10 points. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Well, what it comes down to is SMU has played, obviously, a couple of, of AAC games at this point. Mm-hmm. They've played really close against, uh, against obviously, Tulane last mm-hmm. week. You know, it was a four-point win. They win a one-point game against Navy early in the year. Playing against the one kind of really good team that they faced, they lost by 28. Yeah. When and, they played UCF, they got, they got drilled. Right. And 
I kind of think that Cincinnati's more like UCF than they are like those other two teams. And again, I mean, I, I think that, like you said, turnovers are still going to be an issue for SMU, I think. Now, they have one of the best players on the field in James Crochet. Yes. But I don't think they have enough around them. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball, which I think is going to turn into a huge issue with Xavier Jones or Braden West can't get going. Right. I just don't think that they're going to have enough offensively uh, to be able to keep up with Cincinnati. Because Cincinnati, again, they're not like a huge, huge explosive offense, but they can put up points. But their defense feeds their offense, right, too. Right, right. And so I think it's going to be more than 10. I, I, again, SMU is not one of the worst teams in the American, which is progress. They're certainly not on the level of those other no, teams. No, certainly not. So, yeah, I, I'm also going to pick uh, Cincinnati to cover in this game. Moving on to me, the game of the weekend. S, uh, sorry, excuse me. Houston versus South Florida. 2.30 p.m. on ABC slash ESPN2. Check your local listings. It should be. In Texas, it should be yeah, ABC, if right? If you're listening in Texas, it's going to be ABC. Yeah. For sure. For if, sure. You're outside, if you're outside the borders, yeah. maybe check, check ESPN2. Yes. Houston is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite heading into this game. Over a ranked South Florida team. Over a ranked team. Ranked undefeated South Florida team. Yeah. So South Florida is pretty good at a couple of things. They run the ball pretty well. Um, this uh, Jordan Cronkite has been really solid for them. Uh, and they've got a dual-threat quarterback in Blake Barnett, who's very solid as well. Uh, they also are very good against the pass. They are a defense that has been excellent against the pass, uh, which could give Houston a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, Houston is probably going to have to get their running game going, uh, which has not, which for all as as good as the offense has been, the running game has not necessarily been uh, a huge, huge strength. It's it's been good, but it's going to need to take center stage because I think that the running game is really very. It, it, they their running game is not amazing in a vacuum. That it's not like Army, where they're they're just a really good running game. They're, the fact that De'Ara King is a great passer really adds to that. You have to assume that De'Ara King is going to have a rough game. That's kind of an assumption here. That said, one thing that's very interesting to me, and I'd love to go back and check out the stats. Um, Houston is not just not just tends to be good at home. Houston tends to be dominant at home. Houston. Houston, their their TDECU stadium has some sort of weird juju going on there because Houston plays really well. They kick it up a notch at home. You go like the games they've struggled with have been on the road. Even at Rice when they struggled, that was at Rice. I know it's down the street, but still, at Tech they struggled. Uh, you know, at East Carolina they had to kind of get going a little bit, and then at Navy, uh, you know, they really struggled in that first half. So I think being at home helps in this one. And believe it or not, I think they're going to, even even though they're facing an undefeated ranked team, I think they're going to cover this. I think that I think TDCU Stadium takes them over top. I think that Houston that Houston fan base is getting fired up about this team. Uh, I also think maybe, I think the smart fans are looking out and saying, all right, the remainder of this schedule goes tough game, winnable game. Tough game, winnable game, tough game. And all the, you know, this is one of those home tough games I think they're going to bring their A game. I think I think Houston covers it. Well, I think the other thing to look at is that USF is trying so hard to lose. They're trying so hard to lose games. They nearly lose, obviously, to Tulsa. They have a real struggle against UConn. I, they have a real struggle against East Carolina, against Illinois. They really haven't been able to beat teams, even though they're undefeated. No. The only thing is that 7.5 is a lot of points. It is a lot of points. 
It was I, a lot of points. I think that Houston is the better team, and I think they're going to prove it. But it, and it is kind of interesting, actually, to look at USF. And, and I actually didn't even realize that Jordan Cronkite was the, the running back because yep. he's a Florida transfer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're starting an Alabama transfer and a Florida transfer, uh, you know, at quarterback and running back. That's kind of interesting. But seven and a half is just too many points for me. Okay. I think that I think that Houston wins this game. I think they look really good. Uh, and I think that uh, Derek King makes some plays that make us go wow and re- makes us remember that, wow, this might be the best quarterback in the state or at least top two. But I just think that USF still has enough firepower to keep it close. Okay. And again, because what, what you're saying is two scores. I think yeah. that they can win by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, if this, if this line was six and a half, I'd probably go with, with, a, with, with Houston, Houston cover. Okay. But seven and a half is a lot. That is fair. So moving on, another... Uh, Another game involving a Houston team. UNT versus Rice, 3 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> UNT get this 29.5-point favorites, and they have a 97.8 chance per FPI to win this game. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say, Sean. <laughs> Rice is going to go up to Apogee Stadium yes. to face a North Texas team uh-huh. that is very angry. Extremely. Extremely angry. Uh, what's the their only hope? What's the weather in Denton like? <laughs> it's supposed to clear up, I think. Um, it is going to be a kickoff. It appears it's going to be 73 and sunny. Yeah. I think North Texas is going to take out some frustration in this yeah. one. And I feel, like, I feel like it's a lot more likely that they win by 50 yeah. than it is that they win by less than 30. Yeah. So I'm going to take North Texas. I think they're going to cover it. Yeah, yeah. They, they've been waiting for a game like this, and Rice is not good defensively. No, that's the thing. Their, it, their defense is real, 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 real bad. And yeah. it's the, it is, according to uh, S&P Plus, it is the second worst passing defense in the nation. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> that's not good. I didn't realize it was that bad. Uh, yeah. So and, and offensively, again. Offensively, they are very bad too. Yeah, and and they should still be missing their top two of their top three playmakers. I mean, yeah. Austin Walter is like the only guy there. Yeah. So you just get one guy to kind of spy him, and mm-hmm. uh, that's Rice's and offense. It's gone. over. Yeah. No, I think that this game. Yeah, it could be something like. I think this game could get real ugly. To seven or I think this game like could get real ugly. It, it, it's it's going to be way more than twenty nine yeah. and a half. Yeah. So that's, that's the one I feel most confident about. Yeah. Moving on to one that's going to be kind of weird. UTEP at UAB, or versus UAB. They're playing in my home. 6.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. UAB is a 16-point favorite heading into this game. Yeah, this is odd because, like, UTEP, say what you want about UTEP, but they have shown signs of life. Yeah. They are stirring. Now, they haven't. That hasn't meant a whole m- lot, and they're probably still going to go 0-12, although they got... You we got rice in a couple weeks. You get rice. Um, but this is this is an interesting matchup because it it like do you buy in on UTEP playing better? And UAB is coming off a big emotional win over North Texas at home. They have to go on the road to the Sun Bowl um, night game in El Paso. I don't know. Something tells me now. Now somebody pointed out I have not picked a UTEP game right yet this year against the spread. <laughs> I have not. So whatever I say, take it, uh, go against it. I think UTEP keeps this close. I think they keep it within, um, boy, 16. Ugh. I wish I was 19. Yeah. Um, dang it. UAB's going to win this game. Yeah. I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Good prediction. 
I'm going to go with UAB. I think this is like a 17-point game. Yeah. And so I'm going to take UAB. Well, I said uh, – I let's put it this way. I picked UTEP to win against Northern Arizona, an, F, an FCS team. But they're trending upward. Is the no, no, no. no. Uh-huh. And after they lost that game, I instituted a new policy that I will not pick UTEP unless they actually go and win a game. Okay. Are you gonna change? Are you gonna go against it? I'm gonna break that this week. <gasps> I think UTEP loses by exactly 14 points. Okay. Yes. All right. I believe. Listen. Yeah. Listen. I think you're right. Yeah. That's why I'm picking UAB so I can yeah. continue my streak of being wrong about UTEP. <laughs> you know, and here's the thing, right? Is they have not only played teams close, they played good teams close yes, they too. Have. Because they went on the road to Louisiana Tech last week. In Louisiana mm-hmm. Tech, now they're a lot worse than UAB, but they're a really good uh, Conference USA team. Seven points. Yep. They played UNT at home. Three points. At UTSA, nine points. Versus New Mexico State. Now, that's the one that's a little bit more unforgivable, but seven points. Even at Tennessee, they were with, they, you know, they lost. Yeah, the, the score was 24-0, to zero, but, like, they belonged on the same field. I mean, the, the, again, Northern Arizona was the game that you're like, oh, God this is going to get really ugly. And it's been ugly, but they've managed to stick around the last couple of weeks. And again, UAB is the best team that they've played. Mm-hmm. But they get them at home, mm-hmm. and UAB is not a really, really explosive offense. Mm-hmm. They're more of a defense first team. And I think that UTEP's going to be able to do just enough to maybe lose like 21-7, something like that. I like it. I like it. So, I'm, a, I'm still taking UAB, but... I like. I love where your heart's at, uh, and it really is just. Uh, it's it's all hope. I love it's where your hope. heart's at. <laughs> Moving on, and we've got number six Texas. Oh, number six Texas. Did we skip two games? We're uh, we're gonna hit Texas State and uh, A and M later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I got it out of order. I, I was just making sure. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. So so we're gonna do number six Texas at Oklahoma State, six p.m. on ABC. Texas is a three and a half point. Favorites heading into homecoming in Stillwater. Heading into homecoming in Stillwater. Heading into, uh, they're coming off their bye week, so they should theoretically be healthier. But Oklahoma State's also coming off their bye week after back-to-back losses to <clears throat> Iowa State and Kansas State. Just let that linger there for a minute. Don't you dare disrespect our clones. I'm not disrespecting the clones. but I am disrespecting a Bill Snyder coach team in 2018. That's fair. Um, I think I think this is this is you know another. It's it seems weird because every week it seems like I say this is a this is a um, you know this is a big test for Tom Herman of how far this program has come. Um, here you go. This is another one. Oklahoma, uh, historically, Texas has not fared well in, in Stillwater. This has not been a place that they have that they have they have enjoyed going to. Um, but they are. I think they are the better team. I think they are trending in the right in the right direction. The question I have is is what's their quarterback situation like? Uh, I think the defense is going to be able to keep them in it, but I want to know what the quarterback situation is like. Um, I don't know. I feel like something's different in Texas. I'm willing to ride that wave. I'm going to take Texas in Texas minus three and a half. I'm really glad that this line is only three and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was. Just a little bit bigger. If it was six and a half, I'd mm-hmm. be worried. Mm-hmm. But three and a half, it, it's basically just go win the ball game, right? You know, I mean, win by more than a field goal, but you know, go win the ball game is basically what it comes down to. 
the only thing that I think Oklahoma State could do to throw a wrench in this is start a different quarterback, and Mike Gundy doesn't seem to have any interest in doing that. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to be the case, again, I I do need to see from Texas that, you know, even if Sam Ellinger's back, I want to see them try to win in other ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you know, and because the thing, too, is Oklahoma State, I know that they're really struggling right now, but they're really struggling on offense. Defensively, they cause a lot of havoc. Uh-huh. You know, Jordan Brailford, I think, still leads the Big 12 in sacks. Uh, Calvin Bundage has been all over the place. So they cause a lot of havoc. They just don't necessarily convert on it on the other side. So this is going to be a big test, I think, for Texas' offensive line, just to, to make sure that they can protect against some really, really good front seven players. Mm-hmm. But I just think that, again, three and a half, I mean, it's not a pick but, you know, it's mostly who's going to win this game. Yeah. And I think Texas is going to win this game. S&P Plus thinks that uh, Oklahoma State will win by six and a half. That's what S&P Plus thinks. Now, S&P Plus also got really, really excited when they beat Boise State. Right. They moved up to number six after that. They, were he- they jumped, yeah. but it has been pretty much all downhill since then, yeah. basically outside of beating Kansas, which, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. I think this is an interesting matchup, but I, ju- I don't know. I think that right now the trajectories of these two programs are, are crossing. Yeah. I think that Texas is on the way up, and I think Oklahoma State's on the way down. So I'm going to go well, with Texas uh, minus three and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Number 16, Texas A&M travels to Starkville, Mississippi State, at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Texas A&M is a two and a half point underdog heading into this game. Weird, right? A ranked team as an underdog. Kind of like what we were talking about with Houston. Um, this is, you know, I think it's so weird. Because remember, they were favored. They were on the other side of this against Kentucky. Right. Now that you can buy as, okay, Kyle Field, we're not necessarily buying Kentucky. I mean, maybe Vegas is not buying A&M right now. Um they are this is an interesting matchup because I do think the the one thing that's interesting about um, um, about Mississippi State is their defense is pretty good. Yeah. Defense is yeah. all around pretty good. Probably not to the level of Kentucky, but not far behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really good defense. They also run the ball really, really well, most notably with their quarterback, Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald is, is kind of the, the key for them. Um, but the key for Texas A&M in this game is you got to get them in third and long. Yeah. If you get them in third and long, Texas A&M, get this, defensively on third and long, Texas A&M is the number one defense in the nation. Wow. Third and long, they're the number one defense in the nation. Third and short, 99th. Yeah. The name of the game, especially against a team that is not built to throw the ball, because Nick Fitzgerald forgot how to throw the ball. Seriously. The name of the game is what is the average amount that they are facing on third down. So first and second down are so, so, so key in this one. If they can, um, if, they, if they can do that, they will, they will, find, they will find a way. So I think a going to win this game outright. Yeah, uh, I think they go on the road. I think they beat Mississippi State. So I'm going to take this. So if you're giving me an opportunity to get two and a half points as well, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take a and uh, plus two and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, we are obviously a Texas-based podcast, but we need to talk about Nick Fitzgerald. Nick Fitzgerald as a sophomore, 2,423 yards, 54.3% completion, 6.7 yards per attempt, 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 124 pass rating. Not great, but fine. Mm-hmm. This year... He's completing 46.9% of his passes, 5.2 yards per pass attempt, four touchdowns, seven interceptions, 90 
quarterback rating. I mean, he is like I'm being dead serious. Yeah. I think there's a real argument that he's one of that he's the worst quarterback in the in the um, worst passing quarterback yeah. at least in the SEC. Yeah. And which is so weird because remember this is a guy that was you were saying ah oh, you know what maybe like a dark horse Heisman candidate yeah. like if things yeah. break well for Mississippi State. Now he forgot how to throw. Now here's the thing. Still a great runner. Yeah. Still yeah, yeah, yeah. a and a and a guy that tech, that A and M's defense is going to have to reckon with. Yeah. But. In the end, I think that if they're able to get them into third and if their average is third and six, yeah, A&M's winning this game. Oh, easily. And and this is, I mean, again, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that Mississippi State is one of the worst third and long teams in the nation. Let me see. I can pull that up right now for you. Um, yes. Um, actually, believe it or not, they're one of the best, which is bizarre. On third and long? Third, third and long success rate. Uh, they are 83rd, you're right. But yeah. but yeah. But third down, I'm sure they're fine because they're probably in third and short a lot. Correct. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and that's that's really what it comes down to is you have to stop the run. You know, the, teams talk a lot about making a team one-dimensional. You don't have to do that to Mississippi State. They're one-dimensional. 100%. Now you have to stop that dimension. And it is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, they bring in Joe Moorhead as their head coach. He obviously had a ton of success with Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley at Penn State as their offensive coordinator. And you're kind of seeing that, you know, at, uh, previously they had Dan Mullen, who was a great offensive coach, and his system was based more around the run, and Moorhead definitely wants to pass more, but what he's doing with Fitzgerald just doesn't seem to be working. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see why Nick Fitzgerald wasn't recruited by a whole lot of places to play quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think that Texas A&M is clearly the better team in this game. And I think that, you know, again, they're going up against a really tough defense. and But at the same time, I think that they're a much better offense. And I think that they're a much more complete offense specifically. I think they're going to be able to win this game. And if you're going to give me points, I'm obviously going to think that. Those. I think that, yeah, I think they're right. I think that that's, um, yeah, that's the way I'm going with yeah. it. Last one of the, of the afternoon, Texas State versus New Mexico State. 6 p.m. on ESPN3. There's no spread in this game uh, for whatever reason. I think, is is New Mexico State technically... They're an FBS independent. Okay, so I think that there are some things... Let me see if I can find... Let me see if I can find a line for you real quick on this... Uh, on this 100% definitely legal website that I'm pulling up right now. <laughs> um, so don't worry about me. Yeah. Everything's going great. Um, but, you know, look. New Mexico State... Is not good. No, I don't think I need to to really break that down for for anybody. Yeah. And um, the one thing that they can do, like literally the only thing they can do, is they can run the ball okay. Yeah, Jason Huntley, Christian Gibson, they can run the ball okay. Every time they throw, it's probably a bad idea. They're just not very good at it. Um, but Texas State, I mean, for all the teams, like I don't know, how would you characterize the trajectory of Texas State right now? Because on one hand. I feel like they are trending upward, but on the other hand, like closing out games is something you've got to do. Yeah. No, um, I, I agree. And the one thing is that I'll say that they've managed to stay in games yes, they have. against teams that are better than them. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of those times, I will say, it's I've got I've got Texas State as a three point favorite. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll go with that. Number. Yeah. Um, Texas State. Now, granted, one of the things is that in a lot of cases, they're going down big and then making late comebacks. So they're going to have to come out in the first quarter and start to take it to New Mexico State. They can't, 
they can't go down 15 to zero, you know, they mm-hmm. like they did against Georgia Southern. And it's great that they managed to come back and make it 15-13, but you have to do that earlier. Yeah. And the same last week against ULM, too. So I think what it comes down to is can Texas State score first? Mm-hmm. If Texas State can score first, then I don't think that New Mexico State is good enough to be able right. to take advantage. You know what? Here we go. Texas State wins. Texas State covers. I believe in the Bobcats. I agree. So, yeah! So, and, and again, I mean, Texas State also just does not have a whole lot of opportunities left for victories. Mm-hmm. You know, they play against New Mexico State, but then after that, it's at Georgia State, maybe winnable, versus Appalachian State, not winnable. At Troy, not very winnable, versus Arkansas State, semi, but probably not very winnable. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's probably a, a way to, to put it. They could, they could rattle off two straight wins here. Yeah. Uh, th- these th- their their next two opponents are their two weakest opponents. Yeah. Um, left on the schedule. Definitely. So yeah, I think that they, I think at home, come on, Bobcats, come on, do it for us, man. Do it for me. Do it for us. Do it personally for me. <laughs> do it for Ishmael Johnson. Do it for Ishmael. He is yeah. so sad. Exactly. So sad. Well, I think that should pretty much do it. So uh, heading into this week, let's see, where am I sitting at? I'm at 23 and 17 in the games that I've picked against spread. Where are you uh, let's see. Last week, I've got it pulled up somewhere. Let me pull it up. Uh, last week, I had, a down, I had a bad week. I went 3-5-1 and one last week. 3-5-1, uh, it was rough. Yeah. Was rough, real rough. See, see this, was, this was the week. Uh, I went 5-4 and four last week. And so this was a week I where... Went six, I went 7-1 and one last week. Yes. The week before. Yes, I know. I know. I went 6-2. It's, it's great. fine. It's, it's great. fine. But, <laughs> but last week was a weird week because there were a lot of games that just last minute covered. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't that teams were winning games that weren't supposed to. It was like, oh, they lost by not as much as we thought. So, right. uh, you know, and... I am 43-33-2. and 43-33-2. Okay. I, I feel pretty good about this week. I don't. You don't? No. <laughs> uh, the only ones I feel really good about, um, I feel like North Texas is going to put the boots to rice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel good about Houston. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I think it's just being at home. Yeah. Um, that's That's part of it. Um, and, yeah, those are really the only ones I feel, like, really good about. This though. game for Houston is huge, in my opinion. Yeah. Because I think that they have not been tested this season, really, at all, mm-hmm. other than against Texas Tech, which is a game that they lost. Mm-hmm. So now you're going against a really good American conference team and uh, in South Florida. And if you win this game, then all of a sudden, I think that every game on the rest of your schedule looks winnable. 100%. Now, Temple and Memphis oh, are tough. tough game. But... I mean, if you if you win this game, then you show you are capable of winning games of this caliber, of which you still have two left. Yes. And so, yeah, I think that this is I think this is a big measuring stick game. That if they can come out with a win, suddenly ten wins looks a lot more palatable, um, a, you know, a lot more available to you. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm really this is a game that if if you're going to only watch one game this week, make it Houston and South Florida. All right. Well, we'll have to see how this week goes. It's going to be a going to be a weird week there, there, there's a lot going on this week anyway folks thank you so much for joining us thanks to greg tepper you can follow my twitter at tepper you can find all of our work at texasfootball.com we'd like to give a quick thank you once again to our sponsor north texas honda dealers but again follow me on twitter at sean j Raja. follow us on twitter at dctf find us online at texasfootball.com or texasfootball.com well, not at texasfootball.com make sure to check out the new basketball magazine that's out mm-hmm. previews of every single team including all the college teams. And I'll tell you what, Ishmael Johnson, our, our college basketball editor, does a fantastic job with that magazine. 
make sure and check it out. It should be on the bookshelf soon. And check out the new TexasFootball.com, sorry, TexasBasketball.com as well. For Greg Tepper, I'm Shahan Jarraj. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again on Sunday.